You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Lovecast. My name is Dan Savage, and this is the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. The way this works, people call in, they record a question. Sometimes I call them back. Either way, I give them what I hope is some decent advice. The number here, if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast, 206-201-2720. And we are going to get to your calls in just a minute. Today's episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products. Visit adamandeve.com and get 50% off one item when you type SAVAGE for the offer code coupon checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, I am a 19-year-old college student, and I am having what I would call a tawdry affair with someone who's almost 20 years older than me. Um, He's single. I am essentially his mistress. He sort of made it clear that it can't turn into anything more because of the age difference, Um, but that was before we started having sex. He's really, really wealthy. Um, He wants to buy me things, so I guess essentially I've turned into some sort of glorified whore. Um, We've talked about the campsite rule before, your campsite rule, and um, so I thought, I mean, he's being very, very cautious and and nice to me and makes sure that I'm always comfortable, but um, I warned him in the beginning that I maybe was not mature enough to handle such a relationship, and I was right because now I'm falling for him. So I'm just not sure exactly what I should do. Um, I, I don't know if I should talk to him about it um, or or what. I'm afraid that perhaps he will not take it well and that I will get my heart broken anyway. Um, and it's very much fun, so I don't necessarily want it to end. It's more than just sex a lot of the time because we will just... I'll just go over to his condo and, you know, watch a movie. So I'm just, I just don't exactly know how to, how to handle this. Um, I didn't want to get emotionally involved and I don't want it to end, but I think it may have to. All right. You don't want to get your heart broken, but sounds like it's too late for that. Um, you had conversations before you started having sex about, uh, what he saw as the limitations on this relationship because of the age difference. Well, now you've been having sex and hanging out for however long you've been having sex and hanging out and you've developed feelings for him. Uh, he probably at some point, some point soon, uh, needs to know that uh, things have changed for you or that you have quite predictably, uh, fallen for him. And if this thing continues to go on, the magnitude of your heartbreak when it comes will be uh, multiplied. So uh, should you talk to him about it? No, no, no. Of course, I should never talk to anybody about how you're feeling that you're having sex. Of course, you should talk to him about it. Um, It will very likely end things when you talk to him about it because he was quite clear going in that this was what it was. 
uh, and it was about sex and companionship and had a very limited uh, you know limited parameters and now your feelings are going to change the algorithms change the math uh, and have to be taken into consideration and you know him continuing to see you uh, if now that you have feelings from or really in a way he would be encouraging you to continue to have those feelings for those feelings to grow and he may decide to keep seeing you under those circumstances still feeling like there is no future here uh, and he's unwilling to consider you as a long-term partner. And if he does continue to see you knowing, you know, then what he'll know then, he really is signing off on, you know, hurting you that much more severely when the time comes, when it, the time comes to end this. Um, and it very likely will end. But who knows? You never know. He went into it with certain expectations and with certain limitations that he arbitrarily placed on the relationship. Um, and you agreed to those uh, limitations going in. And your feelings now, uh, you, you feel differently now. Your feelings have changed. Perhaps his have changed as well. And perhaps he'd be willing to revisit his uh, you know, discomfort with the age difference around any long-term considerations because of his burgeoning feelings of love for you. The only way you'll find out if that's the case is to have the conversation that you need to have. Dan, I am a straight 22-year-old female, and I had a question about getting money for sexual favors. I have a fuck buddy that we have been messing around for about a year now, and we are um, exclusive with each other, and I recently lost my job, and he thought it would be kind of a turn-on to give me money for sexual favors. Um, to kind of help me out financially, and it would kind of change things up a little. Um, I didn't know if that would be kind of inappropriate, or I don't know how to exactly go about charging for types of types of stuff like that, or if I would charge less because I should just give stuff up. We care about it a lot, a lot about each other, but I don't know if I should just give that type of service for free or charge less or I don't just don't know how to go about that type of thing. You ask if it's inappropriate. Yeah. Your fuck buddy of a year's duration paying you for sex. And it is. It's it's highly inappropriate. It's very inappropriate. Which is okay. what makes it kind of sexy. Okay. And hot, like it violates taboo, right? Um, yeah. You know, it makes you a kind of a hooker. It makes him kind of a John, but it is role playing, and right. it is sort of you know the, the money exchange. You need the money. He's got the money, presumably. Right. And he wants to help you out, and it will. It is a kind of power play. It is introducing an element of power play into you know your established sexual dynamic. But why not? It sounds like it might be fun for a while. It sounds like it might be hot, so long as these are roles you're stepping into. And you know, it's like a wink and a nod. He's helping you out with some money, but he's going to disperse the money based on you know the the, the sex acts that you perform for him. That's. So long as there's, you know, uh, a beginning and an end to this, as long as, you know, you're looking for work and this is just a role-playing game with some financial assistance that he might give you otherwise, even if you weren't doing this, uh, to help you out right now because he's, you know, your fuck buddy and your friend. Because huh. nothing wrong with it. Okay. <laughs> and, and as for negotiating the price, 
that's part of what you guys should be, you know, fucking and talking about at the same time. Okay. <laughs> that yeah. becomes part of the role-playing game. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty open. I just have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea what the going rate is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're not selling yourself to anybody but him, uh, it really is something you need to negotiate with him. And there's sort of two parallel conversations you need to have. One in this sort of sexual role-playing that you guys want to do around you know, paying for sex and the power dynamics of being paid for sex or buying sex, you know, where you talk about it in a sexy way. And one where you talk about, you know, well, you want to help me out, but we're going to turn you helping me out into this sex game, but how much are you able to help me out with? You know what I mean? Because you don't want to break yeah. the bank. Right. You don't want to say it's 500 bucks for a blowjob every time you get a <laughs> Right. And then see him less than you would like to because he can't afford you anymore. Well, Right. <laughs> Right, but if it's twenty no. bucks for a blowjob and you have to blow the shit out of him all week long to get to the five hundred bucks, maybe that would be sexy. <laughs> I don't know how much you like giving blowjobs or not. Maybe that would be sexy for you. Maybe not for him. Maybe that's what he can do. <laughs> no, but you're talking to the wrong guy. You should be talking to him about it. Right, right, right. But you should fucking enjoy it. Like this sounds like a fun sort of, uh, you know, uh, induced perhaps by necessity. Or, uh, Role play. Yeah. No, I'm you know, I was very open to it. I just was like, <laughs> But it's taboo too. It is it's highly yeah. inappropriate, which is probably why you're so uh you know, titillated by it and he is Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So go for it and call us back and give us updates. Okay, thanks. Okay, bye. Hi, Dan. I'm calling because I have a friend who's a 23-year-old male and a virgin and totally fixated on his virginity and totally clueless about how to deal with it. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've tried to help him out. Myself and, and a mutual friend have, have tried to be his spirit guides, but um, he's real bad with women. And uh, we think it would do him a lot of good to just lose his virginity. So we're wondering if uh, if prostitutes do, do the sort of thing, if sex workers do the sort of thing where you pay them to also be part actress, um, you know, pretend that they're just meeting him in a bar and pick him up and take him back to a hotel room and uh, have their way, or rather his way, with him. Um, we're also wondering if uh, you have any thoughts about the ethical considerations involved in this kind of arrangement, because we think it's a good idea, but... Um, sounds like a bad idea now that i'm saying it out loud all right thanks in advance bye so i assume you and your friend the spirit guides for the 23 year old virgin communicate telepathically because you never said it out loud until you said it out loud to me which is when it began to sound like a bad idea it is a bad idea uh if you guys want to pop for a hooker for him uh you should pop for a hooker for him but you should tell him that that's what you're doing just to like get him over the hump quite literally over the hump the first hump but what you don't want to do, and people have done it, and it is not a good idea, you don't want to pick out some woman for him that he may or may not be attracted to and send her after him in a bar uh, and say he is attracted to her and goes back to her hotel and fucks, you know, gets it on and has a successful first time. And then she disappears into the ether, doesn't want to give him her phone number, wants nothing to do with him ever again except for money. Are you guys willing to keep paying for this woman to see him indefinitely or are you willing to sacrifice you know to pull off this ruse your friend's sense of self-worth and self-esteem really to shatter him sexually what will he think if he fucks this woman and she acts like it's the you know most awesome goddamn sex she ever had and then she wants nothing to do with him ever again because she's a pro and it was a job and it's over he could be really hurt by that deceit uh on your part so don't don't fucking do it but you know what 
There's a long and glorious history of people who, uh, you know, particularly men, who are intimidated by or awkward with the opposite sex going to pros to get their feet or dicks wet for the first time, uh, to get them, you know, past it a little bit, to, to help them put their anxiety around their virginity behind them. They have to, like, wrestle then with the anxiety of having to pay for it for the first time that they got it. But a lot of guys successfully do wrestle with that. Throw that out there. Put that out in front of him. Maybe it'll help calm him the fuck down if he just got his first time over with and it would help him with women. But if you set up a scenario in which he then feels, you know, he was taken advantage of by you guys or abused by this woman, it's not going to help him ultimately with his problems interacting with women. It's going to make them worse. Today's episode of Savage Lovecast is brought to you by AdamandEve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products. Visit AdamandEve.com and get 50% off one item when you type SAVAGE for the offer code coupon checkout. You know, Father's Day has come and gone, but if you missed it, there's still time to go to AdamandEve.com and get Dad a lovely gift, perhaps the Adam's Whack Pack Masturbation Kit or the Beginner's Bondage Fantasy Package because you never know what Mom and Dad are up to, do you? Uh, maybe you don't want to know, but you could forge a whole new relationship with Dad uh, by getting him a lovely gift at AdamandEve.com. And again, you get 50% off one item when you type SAVAGE for the offer code coupon checkout. Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm a 25-year-old gay man. Uh, for as long as I can remember, I've had a weight gain fetish. What I mean by this is that I get turned on by fantasies of myself gaining weight and getting really fat. I have no idea where this fetish comes from, but it's extremely powerful to the point that I cannot come at all if I'm not thinking about it. I'm not a fat guy, just the opposite. I'm really athletic. I work out about four or five times a week, and I eat relatively healthy. I'm kind of a victim of the gay male body image thing, I guess, where I really want to be thin. In fact, I feel almost terrified that if I go a couple days away from the gym, I'm going to get really fat all of a sudden. But at the same time, you know, that turns me on, you know? And it all feels kind of sick. I only ever acted on this fetish once in college with this older guy I met online. I put on about 20 pounds during that time, and while it was the best sex I ever had, I felt really ugly. And this guy that I was with, he was a mess. He, he told me he was ashamed of what he was into. He, he drank a lot. He, it scared me, so I, I stopped seeing him, and the body image thing got me back to where I am now. I've dated a lot of guys, but I have trouble letting a relationship go past a couple months because I'm too ashamed of the things that turn me on, and I don't communicate them to my partner because I'm afraid that they'll think I'm sick. I know that most fetishes or kinks are here to stay, and you say we should just accept them, but you know this is dangerous to my health, and I, I have these really conflicted feelings about it. And I guess I'm just asking for some advice as to what I should do because I've never really felt normal because of this. So, look, I think you totally nailed it with the, you know, gay body image issue thing being at the root here. Yeah. Of your fetish because really taboos can create really powerful fetishes. Not, you know, for everybody, not in all cases, but some people just flash off them, something about their erotic inner life, just like latches onto some taboo and they're drawn to violating it. Okay. And you strongly identify with, like, the gay male body image thing and, like, got to have a nice body and, you know, gay body fascism. 
and yeah. and you, you hew to that, and then you want to violate it. Just like some guy who's, you know, captain of the universe, titan of industry, all about, you know, masculine power and how big his nuts is, uh, nuts are, pardon me, wants to go to some professional domination studio and crawl on his hands and knees and get told he's a worm, right? Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't feel bad about this. And the internet is your friend. There are other guys out there who are into feeding gaming scenes, and you can find them, and you can date them. You can also date normal guys and tell them, because it's really not all that uncommon a fetish anymore, and their reaction, as I always say, will be informed by your presentation. If you present it like it's a deal-breaker, and it's you know the worst thing that could, that's possibly ever happened to anybody in the history of the world, that it's leukemia, they'll react like it's a leukemia and a deal-breaker. But if you have a sense of humor about it, and you know you acknowledge that it's a little ridiculous, and have, they will react, they're likelier to react that way, particularly if they dig you, right? Yeah, I mean, I've in the past I've sort of tried to kind of explain around it because I've never really had anybody to talk to about this, except for you know guys that I meet on the internet. But there, it's always something that's a little. Even I, because I am made really uncomfortable by it, so I can't... Well, that's, it's the, almost, I mean, that's the first thing. Just like at one point you had to accept your homosexuality, you need to like accept that you have this thing, and it's not the thing that's making you miserable. It's the you not resolving, your, you know, uh, reconciling yourself to the thing that's making you miserable. It's the conflict yeah. in your heart that you maintain through not right. accepting it. And having a sense of humor about it. You know, we all are burdened with, like, little kinks and wrinkles and fetishes. Now, there's the whole issue of your health, right? Right. There's a way that you can indulge in these kinds of fetishes without imperiling your health. It's not unsafe to, you know, gain 20 pounds and take 20 pounds off and gain 20 pounds and take 20 pounds off. It's really not that bad for you. Right. And, you know, a lifetime of sexual frustration, even if that takes six months off your life or a year off your life, at the end of your life, a lifetime of sexual frustration and never feeling fulfilled because you're afraid of indulging your fetish is not worth that six months. You would, should gladly give up that six months or year at the end of your life for that much pleasure if that's the pl- if it gives you that much pleasure. Right. Just like somebody who skis is taking a risk, skiers die, right? Right. And, you know, if, if death is okay, uh, is it a risk that it's all right to assume for the pleasure of skiing, uh, mm-hmm. a slightly shortened lifespan is an okay risk to assume for all the orgasms that you're going to have over the length of your life for sexual fulfillment, okay? Yeah. Now, you know, I've, I've heard from feeder gainer people who don't want to be fat. They just want to indulge in the taboo of, you know, throwing themselves into being fat. That, right. You know, where a lot of people who are into, you know, gaining, they want all the weight in one place, usually the stomach. Uh-huh. Is that true for you? Not really. I mean, I guess it's more of sort of an all-over type thing. I, I mean, I don't know. Even now, I just feel uncomfortable talking about it. Well, don't, I, uh, um, it. I mean, I know what you mean in that I'm familiar enough with sort of the 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 language of it and the way that people talk about it on the internet, so that I sort of know what people want. And I've and you know I have been in a situation that was sort of like that. Um, with the one creepy, it, unhappy, miserable older guy you met. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It won't, yeah, he, and he and he really he really sort of um, fucked with your head a little bit. O- 
only by example, not intentionally. Like mm-hmm. some people that you meet online, they're so aggressive about it. And they're so, like, you see these, these ads for people who want people to go live in their house and live there forever and, like, gain 300 pounds and never leave the bed, and it freaks me out, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not there at all. Right, and, but, you, and you don't have to feel, uh, you don't have to feel responsible for folks who are there. You don't have to feel like that's a risk for you, that you're going to wind right. up in that kind of relationship, or that's what you ultimately want. You know, there are people who are into, you know, being tied up and spanked and called names, like I said earlier, like that guy, you know, who just want to dive in every once in a while and jump back out to their regular life. And there are people who want to live in a dungeon and, you know, have limbs sawn off and never leave. You know, who want to be twenty-four-seven yeah. slaves in cages and dungeons who never see light ever again in their lives. They want to be have body modifications and all this crazy shit. And guys who just want to get tied up every once in a while don't have to look at the guys who live in cages in the basement and never see light and go, "Oh my God, that's me. That uh, I'm them. They're me." Uh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I know that. I feel like if I ever had to get into a situation where I was in a relationship with someone and I was and I was trying to explain this to them, that I'd essentially have to be explaining away this other person or sort of responding to. You might. Yeah, you might. You know, when somebody who's kinky, you know, is breaking it to a vanilla partner, the vanilla partner will often go, what, you want this? And cite the most extreme example. And you have to go, no, I don't want that. Right. I'm not that extreme. Or that crazy. And not that many people who are into this kink want that at all. So please don't, like, jump on the most extreme example. I know. I mean, it's a hard road to hoe for you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Some guys will dump you. Some guys will think it's ridiculous and be really so mm-hmm. comfortable with it that they won't be gracious about it. But you'll meet some guys who are like, hey, I like you enough that whatever floats your boat, I'm willing to go there as long as you're willing to go to the things that float my boat. You know, you don't just have the option of finding a feeder who isn't going to be satisfied until you're 900 pounds and on Springer. Mm-hmm. You, can find, <laughs> you can find somebody who's got a few kinks of his own that he's had a hard time uh, with or finding people who want to indulge and reciprocate, right? You know, and you can also you, know, you don't have to be a ripped, shredded, skinny little fag all your life. You know, there are um, like a barrack. That's community. a whole other wrinkle. That's a whole other wrinkle. There, you know, I think people should go to the gym. I think people should, you know, maintain a healthy weight. And I think if you're a feeder or a gainer who's concerned about that, you can indulge in this kind of like sloppy food play, and you know, not balloon up to 500 pounds or 300 pounds or 250 pounds even that you can, you know, have your fetish, your kink, your feeder gainer role play, and your health too. Yeah. But I also think you can be healthy and, you know, 20 or 30 pounds overweight. Right. And you shouldn't, you know, if that's what makes you happy, who gives a fuck what some guys, other guys think? If that's the way you're going to run your life, you wouldn't be gay. You wouldn't be openly gay. There's nothing right. Leviticus about being fat. Right. The Pope doesn't say that fat people shouldn't be able to get married. If you're that concerned about what other people thought about your sexuality, yeah, you wouldn't even be out. If you're going to go to all the trouble and uh, strife and pain of being out, you should at least be having the kind of sex that you want to have once you're out. Yeah. All that all that, you know, personal drama, perhaps, you know, family rejection and religion and you know, coming out to mom and dad, all that strife, you that that price of admission, you deserve the sex that turns you on. 
after paying that steep a price culturally and emotionally and socially. Right. So go for it. Forgive your libido and go for it. You're not going to kill yourself. You can have a night where you lay in bed with some guy who is a feeder or, you know, your boyfriend is willing to pretend, and you can eat until your stomach is distended and it hurts and you feel like the biggest, fattest pig in the world and not Mm -hmm. gain any weight and go back to your diet and your gym tomorrow or the next couple days and you will never be 400 pounds. You'll never burst. Mm -hmm. But you'll have the sex life that you want. You'll have the orgasms that you do. And don't, uh, you know, they're giving me the shut up already signal from the sex heavy at risk youth. Don't, Don't assume that just because the only feeder you ever messed around with was an emotional mess mm-hmm. that everyone that you meet who's into this will be too or that you will one day be emotionally a mess yeah I think that's what I just sort of need to get over the first couple of guys I had sex with when I was young and gay were disaster messes because you know I was filled with shame and I was looking for sex without you know being totally open about it and so I went and found guys who were filled with shame who would keep my secret for me and I would keep theirs for them, and it was all very, uh, you know, shameful. Like you're all spies. Yeah, yeah. That's not and really... so when you sneak around and hide like that, it, it, you're, you're self-selecting guys who are fucked up. Because mm-hmm. they're sneaking around and hiding, too, because they're ashamed of themselves. And that's what colors the interaction more than the erotics of it, is the, the shame and the despair. Right. And you don't need that. I... Um, I, I guess I, I can try. It's just very, you know, it's very difficult to, sort of to wrap my head around being really kind of open about all this. Because it's sort of been my secret for as long as I can remember, even more so than the gay thing. Right. So, I don't know. I I guess, I, I mean, it's it, it's sort of, you know, I just feel like I got, like, dealt a weird card. You did. And now what are you going to do? I guess You're miserable right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have the certain misery of continuing on as you have up till this point. Or you have what? You have the, you know, maybe you'll be open about it and some people will be shitty to you about it and you'll feel a little bad about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But only by being open about it will you meet other people who are healthy about it and self-accepting about it, who you can date or hang out about it and not feel shameful about it, and and, and find some happiness with it, some contentment, and some pleasure out of it. Right. It's just like when you're in the closet, and your option is certain misery in the closet or a chance at happiness out. Mm -hmm. Right now you have certain misery. And you can be (laughs) open about it, and you might still be miserable, but it's the only way you'll ever have a chance at any happiness with it, or any contentment, or any sexual fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I want to be happy. I want to be, I want to feel normal about... It sort is of... normal. Kinks and fetishes are normal. The only unnatural, abnormal sex act is the one that no one is, cap- no one is that, that physically cannot be performed, or conceived of. More people have kinks than don't have kinks. I know that's true. I know that's true. It's very, it's just still very hard for me to think that. But I, I, you're right. Embarrassed the first few times you have to say it. Just like when you were gay. You had to Uh, be gay. It was embarrassing. 
Yeah. I mean, this feels, you know, sometimes you say, oh, gay was easy compared to coming out, you know, telling something to gay people that even gay people are going to react to with horror, many of them. Yeah. But fuck them. <laughs> fuck, fuck the gay people who are that small-minded. Yeah. There are guys out there who want not just a gainer boyfriend, but a gainer boyfriend with a hot body who isn't actually overweight, where it can just be this big indulgence. Yeah. Go find one. All right. Okay? Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Hi, Dan. Um, I kind of have a problem because I just graduated from college, and my boyfriend and I actually plan on moving in together. And we told his family, but they're totally not cool with it because they're super, super Catholic. I know you always talk about being raised Catholic. And um, my boyfriend wrote them a letter and told them that we plan on getting married eventually. And we um, we love each other very much. And for emotional, financial reasons, we don't want to be apart. And we plan on moving um, moving to New York because that's where his grad school will be and that's where my um, job will be. So they're not really cool with it, and I want to know if you have any advice on how we can still stay in his parents' lives without them giving us any shit for being together. I tried to call you, and you're outgoing. Your phone, and call you one of those phones you call where you get this message that says, please enjoy the music while we attempt to reach your party. And then it's never music that anyone, well, anyone like me, would ever enjoy. That annoys me. So I'm annoyed by your call now. And I was annoyed by your call before. Because you know what? Boo fucking who? Catholic parents. I had Catholic parents. You, you're straight. Like, you're just straight cohabitating. And oh, they're giving you grief. They're giving you shit. Give them shit right back. You draw the line in the sand. And you say, I don't care how super Catholic you are. I don't care if you have an, a cape and you fly around Vatican City. Like, fuck you. Uh, we're doing this. Uh, suck on it. Don't give us any shit about it. We you we have heard you out, and that's the end of it. You know, your parents, his parents, they have, parents have a right to give you grief. They gave you life. They can give you grief all your life. They can give you grief. Um, the only thing you really owe your parents past a certain point is hearing them out uh, once or twice on any given topic. And then you can declare that topic done, over. You can tell them they lost the argument that the eternal truths argument didn't work and the Ten Commandments argument, although I don't remember anything in the Ten Commandments about shacking up in New York City, uh, partly for financial reasons. don't remember anything in the Ten Commandments about that. Mom, Dad, that argument didn't work. We heard you. Can you drop it? You lost. It's part of being a grown-up is looking in your parents' eyes and getting, you know, telling them that they lost the argument, that you're an adult now and you're going to make decisions for yourself. You heard them out. You, their, their complaints have been registered, duly fucking noted, Done. And all you got to do is have the cojones to do that. And when your parents, his parents, see that their tantrum isn't getting them anywhere, just like fucking five-year-olds, they'll drop it. They'll knock it off. But you guys have to be firm with them about the tantrum not getting them anywhere or they'll keep it up. So – and this really falls more to your boyfriend than you. He needs to go to his parents and say, knock it the fuck off, heard ya. You lose. We disagree. We're doing this. Want to see me at Christmas? Shut the fuck up already. Hi, Dan. So my partner and I were listening to episode 97 where 
there was a wife who was complaining about her husband jacking off into the um, the, the couch and various places, and we both thought that was pretty disgusting. Um, and we came up with an idea to help um, help the wife and maybe get the guy, her husband, to stop doing that so much. And that is that when she is on her period, when she's bleeding, she should just take his pillow and just rub herself all over that pillow. And then and then she can say, well, honey, you know, I, I love, you know, I just love having my fluids all over your pillow and it just makes me feel so close to you. And, oh, I just, I just can't help myself. It turns me on. And, you know, I bet after, you know, a few times of uh, him seeing and having to, you know, experience that, that just might cut down on his activity a little bit because we just thought that was disgusting. I feel really, really bad for that wife. Anyway, um, just thought we'd pass that along. Thanks, Dan. I wonder what the resale value of their home is going to be after it's just fucking spunked out, blood splatters from one end of the house to the fucking other. I am just not going to dinner at their house if they take your advice. I wasn't going to dinner at their house if they, did, you know, when it was just him splattering the entire place with his bodily fluids. It's not a bad idea if you want to engage in that kind of retaliatory tit-for-tat. But, you know, a dude who's into leaving spunk here and there because he wants to leave his fluid in secret spots and it turns him on to know, waka, 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 he might be turned on by the wife doing it too. So she might paint herself into a corner here with her own menstrual fluids uh, that she can't get out of where then, you know, until she admits that it was a lie, uh, that, that she is then trapped into smearing menstrual blood all over the fucking house for the rest of her life because she told husband that, that turned her on too. Uh, <laughs> okay, moving on. We have a couple of uh, other calls uh, from folks who wanted to respond to uh, previous chit chats on the show. I'm sorry. Before we get to those other calls, like I'm picturing this house totally covered in spunk and menstrual blood, and like the crime scene investigation unit comes and they spray that shit on it that makes uh, DNA and human fluids glow green, and the house just fucking explodes. It's bothering me and the tech savvy at risk youth who are more at risk now psychologically than they were before uh, because of your call now let's get to some other calls now wait before we get to those other calls one of the tech savvy at risk youth just told me that uh when she listened to the call coming in she loved it and thought it was a great idea and she thinks i don't like the idea because i'm not a woman and that you know women it's like menstrual blood and they're used to it and blood 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 um and, and that my sort of gross out freak out is inspired in part, perhaps my gynophobia and my infamiliarity with uh, female cycles and the beauty of the moon and the blood splotches and all the rest of it, which may very well be true. But I still think that if the crime scene investigation unit came to the house and sprayed that shit on it, it would just fucking burn to the ground. Hey, Dan, this is the jackass with the uh, ex-fiance sex tape. I followed your wisdom and I blowtorched the, uh, the tape and sent it her way. So, just want to let you know, your will has been fulfilled. You don't say you didn't make any copies before you blowtorched the original copy and sent that to the fiancés. So we're just going to trust that there are no other copies in existence uh, and that you sent the only copy that you had to the fiancé because you sound like a good person. But 
If you didn't, if there are other copies, I'm going to send the tech savvy at risk youth to your house and they're going to spread menstrual blood all over fucking everything. Just so you know. Hi, Dan. I'm an inexplicably nervous first time caller. Uh, but I, I just had to call in response to podcast 83 because um, your advice for the uh, the blind woman with the uh, deformity was just so bleak. I, I had to I had to call and suggest this since it wasn't maybe uh, if if her um, face is a uh, an issue in uh, someone getting close enough to get to know her great personality. Uh, she ought to attend some uh, blindness support groups and uh, pick up on some hot blind men. It seems worth a try if uh, her looks are a barrier. Another caller made the same suggestion, and I have to admit that it's uh, it may be better advice or more helpful advice or slightly more constructive advice than anything I came up with. And my advice for the uh, blind woman with the facial uh, deformities was very, very bleak. Um, but if she wants to... Uh, take your advice you can go to google braille google i guess and find some blind support groups in her area and go for it uh i totally support her going for it thanks for your call thanks for the uh the added advice and we're gonna leave it there um with images of spunky bloody houses dancing in my head 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast that's the number to call uh, please leave your phone number in case we need to call you back. We promise not to put it on the podcast. And uh, try to keep your question to under a minute or two, if possible. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And uh, one more time, that number, 206-201-2720. Thanks very much. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the podcast. <laughs>